0: Yes, Rutgers is burning it up in New York right now in recruiting, and that is the theme of episode 62 of the Rutgers ScoutCast, Tottenville Takeover. I am the host of the Rutgers ScoutCast, blessed to be back with you for another Friday program or whenever you decide to download this via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, ScholarReport.com, or Toaster. So the theme of this show, like I said, is recruiting in New York, and why is that? Well, Rutgers just landed four-star athlete. He'll be playing wide receiver to begin his career at Rutgers. Zahir Lacewell, out of Toddville High School, he's a member of the Scout 300, and the highest rated commit in the small so far 2018 class. We'll see how that goes throughout the summer, because Rutgers is involved with some other big kids from all across the country. But... Forget across the country, this is a New York episode. Since I'm from Virginia, I'm probably not the right person to be talking about New York, so we're going to keep this open short and sweet. What can you expect from this episode of the Rutgers ScoutCast? Well, first we're going to another member of the Tottenville football family, and that is Tim Barrow. Tim Barrow committed to Rutgers last spring, stayed firm in his commitment all the way to National Signing Day, and will join the program as a cornerback starting at the end of June. Tim Barrow, honestly, guys, if you usually skip the interviews because you just want to hear the football stuff or whatever, don't skip this one. This was the best recruiting interview I've ever heard on the Rutgers scout cast. Normally when you're talking to a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, they're nervous. They don't really know how phone interviews work. They don't, you know, it's just they're not media trained as well. But Tim Barrow, he knocked it out of the park, and it was actually it was, it was insightful. When I asked him why Rutgers is doing so much better recruiting New York than New Jersey right now, his answer was excellent. When I asked him about his role models and about his long-term ties to Rutgers, his answers were excellent. So I highly recommend you stay tuned for Tim Barrow, who's coming right now, and stay tuned at the very end of the interview to hear Tim Barrow's message to you the Rutgers football fans. After Tim Barrow, Brian Doan will join me where we're going to break down Zaheer Lacewell's commitment. As you probably know, we went behind the scenes and filmed his commitment video before Lacewell announced. So you're going to hear how that process of a commitment video works. You're going to hear our experiences with Lacewell, where he fits at Rutgers. Then we're going to talk more New York recruiting, talking about guys like Sean Ryan, Paul Woods, Stevie Scott, because Abraham, there's a ton of talent in New York that Rutgers is recruiting right now, and we're going to talk about that as well, followed by the mailbag, and then we'll close out the show. But before any of that, here is Tim Barrow. He knocked this one out of the park. And welcome back to the Rutgers ScoutCast. I'm your host, Sam Hellman, and it is my pleasure to be joined by one of my favorite recruits in the class of 2017, And another star from Tottenville High School, Tim Barrow. Tim, what's up?
1: Hey, doing, everybody? What's going on? Uh, I'm happy to be on the show, and uh, thank you for having
0: me. I'm I'm happy to be talking to you, and and Tottenville is very hot in the news this week, so I thought it would be a great time to have you on. How did you react to the big news? I'm sure that you knew about Zaire going to Rutgers long before he dropped that video.
1: Yeah, it was crazy because... um, you know, he told me he told me a while ago, um, I think it was during uh, the spring game that they had, that record had, and uh, he actually told me in person. He was like, yeah, he was like, I'm coming here. He's committing. Uh, he didn't tell me to commit this date, but he did tell me he was going to commit. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I was taking a nap. Uh, I woke up and I, I seen a, a lot of notifications on my Twitter and a lot of messages. I'm like, What what's going on? Something must have happened. Uh, just to find out he committed, and uh, I'm very happy for him to, you know, be a part of the family, and I uh, can't wait till he gets in. Just...
0: What did you think of his video? Did you watch it?
1: Yeah, I loved it. I actually loved the video. I liked the video. Yeah, um, actually, it was better than my video, <laughs> because I think it was because it was sunny out, nice day. Um, yeah, it was just it was a nice video. I liked it.
0: I was gonna I like say I was game. gonna say I thought yours was better, but I guess uh, I guess I got to take your word for it. He had that one-handed catch at the end too. Yeah,
1: that was nice. I like that. That was nice. <laughs> the
0: one-handed catch and everything. Awesome, man. Well, obviously, it's not just about lacewell because you're the one that's going to be enrolling at Rutgers very soon. When is your official first day of college, and how excited are you to get this thing going? My official first day is June
1: twenty-fifth. That's yes, when I am low. I probably say two more weeks from now, from this day on. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to, you know, um, you know, contribute to the team and uh, basically get on board with everything and uh, you know win some games. You know, I'm very excited to um, get coached up, you know, by top elite coaches. Uh, not not only by uh, Coach Baker, but you know, Coach Ash. Um, you know, just and around my peers, also, you know what I mean? Because they've been, they've been there a lot. Um, and uh, I'm just excited for just going in and contribute uh, as fast as I
0: can. You're you committed, I guess, as an athlete, we would call it in the recruiting world, but you're coming in, like you said, to play for Coach Baker at corner. Now, you yeah. don't just have Coach Baker, you have Coach Bill Bush and you have Coach Chris Ash. How much do you think you're going to learn about playing DB this summer?
1: Well actually I'm gonna we learn a lot, actually. Really a lot. Um Coach Bush, uh, you know, his resume is uh law. Coach Ash, his resume is law, uh Coach Henry Baker, his resume is law. Um actually where I worked out at, um, Coach one of Coach Baker's uh players that played at um Delaware, um, he um he actually was coached by Coach Baker. He's basically saying, um, you know, he's a great coach. He's going to teach you a lot, and you know, uh, just just listen to what he has to say because they're the going to help you in the long run. So, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be crazy, you know, getting different information from all three coaches. But all three coaches are giving me great information that's going to help me in the long run become a better player. Not only a better player, but you know, a better man off the field. Uh, I can't wait for that.
0: How about, you know, Rutgers only has a couple of corners coming in this this offseason. You're obviously one of them, but what kind of a chance is it for you to come in and start going against Bo Melton and Amir Mitchell and Janarian Grant every day? I mean, that's got to be a, a new challenge for you. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I'm not going to say I'll hold you. It, you know, It's not going to be easy. You know what I mean? It's going to be a challenge. You know, they're great players, um, you know, they were highly recruited out of high school, you know, and, you know, it's basically a test for me to see, you know, how well can I compete against these guys. I can't wait,
0: you know, because, I, you know, I am a trash talker. So, you
1: know, I'm most likely I'm going to call one of them out and, you know, it's up to me to be a man about it and, you know, get the job done. You know what I mean? That's basically what it is. I was, you know, always looked at the second person, you know, growing up. But, you know, now is my time, you know, to really step, you know, put my foot in the door. And uh, I can't really wait. I, I can't wait to really compete against these great players. Actually get better as a DB and then get better as a receiver. You know, I'm, I'm a very aggressive DB. You know what I mean? I like to get my hands on. I'm very hands on. And, uh, you know, I like the defense ever running. Man, press. So, you know, that's, we're going to have a good time, you know. But at the end of the day, we're all going to get better as a whole.
0: I, of course, you mentioned trash talk, which is a big part of practices in the summer. I feel like there's going to be a lot of New York versus New Jersey trash talk on this roster. Do you feel like that's coming? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, that's really funny because uh, during my visit, um, um, we were like, we were all in uh, um, Deontay's Roberts' room, and you know he's from New York also, so. Um, you know, there was a lot of New York versus Jersey going on. But, yeah, most likely it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to have it in the locker room. But it's not going to, it's not like it's going to divide us anything. It's all a friendly battle and everything that. But it's going to happen.
0: Uh, of course it's going to happen. Um, why do you think, Tim? R- Rutgers is, they're kind of hit and miss recruiting New Jersey. They're having trouble with some top kids. But in New York, it seems like every top prospect in New York has a lot of Rutgers interest. What do you think Rutgers is doing well in the city right now to get interest from big-time guys like, you know, Zaire Lacewell, Sean Ryan, guys that are – and yourself. What are they doing so well? Uh,
1: They're talking to the right guys, you know. um, I don't know if you see it or not, but the guys that they're talking to are well-rounded people that um, are known around New York. Like, for instance, Sean Ryan. He's he's very well-rounded. He he knows a lot of people in New York. Um, Zaire knows a lot of people in New York. It's just not, like, even though you might see it, us getting recruited in Staten Island, you know, a lot of kids, you know, we have families that live in Brooklyn, that live in the Bronx. Uh, So they basically, they're talking to the right guys, and they see it, too. They're talking to the right guys that know other people from, like, other recruiting areas inside uh, New York. So uh, I think that's what it is. So, you know, when... When us New York guys, when we get to talking, you know about you know being together because we all played uh, for the Big Apple, uh, this league called the Big Apple. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we all play for the same league. So you know when we get to talking, it's like how what can happen if we just all get together as like a basically an all-star team? You know what can happen? So yeah, that's basically what it is. That's that's been doing. We're just talking to the right guys and you know, basically the people that's like really the face of, you know, New York and, uh, the football
0: club, so that's good. I guess you're saying it's about the relationships, that Rutgers is doing well with the relationships in New York? Yeah, yeah. Cool, well, I, uh, we've talked a lot, and I think Gus Edwards has been a popular topic among Rutgers fans, but I think, Tim, I I talked to you maybe around the spring game about Edmund guy another guy from (laughs) Cottonville. Um, he he played for six years at Rutgers and he's had a very successful career now he works for CBS and media. Do you talk to him much or do you look at him as a role model at all because that's a guy that look what Rutgers can do for me down the road when football's over?
1: Yeah, he actually yeah, I talked to Edmund before Edmund actually talked to me uh you know it basically it told, this is this is why I like Edmund is a real good role model because Edmund talks to me life after football. Right. Here, here, here and there, like, he'll finish some, like, words with football-wise, you know, during the game, but he really talks about life after football. Um, he, he like he, like you said, he had a great career, but at the end of the day, he was, you know, he, he got hurt and, uh, you know, that was living him. But, you know, he really, he's a really good role model to me. Uh, you know, basically talks to me life after football. And, you know, I really take everything that he said to me about it, you know, basically put it in my back pocket and just hold it, because I know one day, um, I'm going to need it, so yeah, he's a real good, real, real good role model, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to have him in my life, you know, forever talking to me, and, you
0: know? yeah. He, uh, I think that anyone that saw Larea in his prime knows that you could probably get some weightlifting tips from him, too, man, the 24-inch Pythons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, I ask the same three questions at the end of every interview on the Rutgers ScoutCast, and again, thank you for joining us. Rutgers fans, you know you can find Tim Barrow on Twitter, and soon you'll be able to find him in a Rutgers uniform. Tim, I call these the big three, so my first question for you is who is your favorite Rutgers player of all time? My, i got
1: I to gotta go with Edmund. <laughs> i got to go,
0: uh, okay. go with Edmund. Edmund as a linebacker or a fullback?
1: Liveacket,
0: Liveacket, he he hit. He sure and did. He he's, uh, I think he's like twenty nine or thirty now, and he could probably still hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? A second question here. What's your favorite memory when you think about Rutgers football?
1: Uh favorite memory. Oh. I honestly gotta say, probably. Was it New Mexico? Yeah. When he when it, did it bounce off the floor, right?
0: Yeah. They came back from like twenty-one-three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That that was. I think honestly, that was like uh, the game changer, like the momentum swing right there. You that gotta be. Like, okay.
0: You gotta be happy that he's coming back for that fifth year. You get to oh, play yeah, against of him. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. All right, Tim. Last question and most important in my mind is. If you're at Rutgers and you get to eat one more meal, you could have one more thing to eat at Rutgers, where would you go and what would you order?
1: Um, I haven't tried. I heard there's a food truck. There's a food truck, a famous food truck. The grease trucks. Famous, yeah, grease truck, yeah, grease truck. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but there's uh, this burger that I've been seeing on uh, Instagram lately. And, uh, yeah, it it looks really good. So I can't wait to,
0: like, sneak that. All right, well, we'll hope that Kenny Parker is not listening. Yeah. All right, Tim, well, thank you for joining us today on the Rutgers Scout Cast. You'll be able to see Tim very soon in a Rutgers uniform. Do you have any message for the Rutgers fans as you prepare for your first training camp? Yeah, I
1: just want to say, you know, the fans, you know, I love you guys. Uh, you guys are a great support system. You know, you guys probably, you guys, I fact you guys are the best support system out there. Um, you know, just stay patient. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, you know the record doesn't look good. You know, but like I said, it's a new year, and uh, this class we, we we really came together, and we really want to give you guys something big. So just stay tuned, stay patient, and just know that this 2017 class is going to do something big
0: for you guys. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, Tim, and we'll see you soon. We are now joined by Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan. And Brian, we've already spent too much time together this week, and it might not be over if you're coming to the Rutgers camp on Saturday. Uh, I'll be there. Oh, man. Lucky you. Jeez. All right, let's just get through this podcast quickly then because, man... So what we did, uh, we had a busy Tuesday, Brian, by, I guess, one of the advantages to living where, in the general area where we live in Central Jersey is it's easy to get to a lot of places quickly, and one of those places is Tottenville High School in Staten Island. Why were they, Why were we there?
2: Because we missed each other. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because...
0: We love Tottenville.
2: Hey, you know what? Tottenville, whether it's Jim Mun- Munson, the former coach, now the AD, Brian Neville, the current head coach there... They're great to deal with. They've always treated me and you and Scout very well, and you know it goes back a long time with them producing kids. Um, really honest guys that let you know what's going on. But we were there because Zahir Lacewell decided he wanted to announce his commitment to Rutgers via a video, and so we hustled over there.
0: Yeah, it was. It was one of those things. I whenever I speak in like a journalism class or for some reason people are dumb enough to ask for my advice in the industry I always say you have your go bag ready at the door just in case it was one of those days because it was all right we're doing this we need to get there drop everything grab your bag and go
2: it was and the way these things work just to give some people a little insight on things is you know when you deal with prospects a lot of them you get to know them and they trust you and you trust them and while you'd like to tell everybody on the boards what was going on you have to be true to the prospect and all this started with Zaheer Lacewell and us doing a commitment video up at the Nike event end of April beginning of May whenever that was and I asked him "Hey, how close are you and he said yeah pretty close I said what are you thinking and he goes yeah probably June I said, "All right." I said, "Remember what we did with Tim Barrow? We came over, we did a video. If you want to do that, let me know." And he said, "Yeah, sounds like a good idea." And then when we saw him at Under Armour, probably close to a month ago by now, you closer? He goes, "Yeah, I'm pretty close." And I know he said publicly maybe the second or third game of the season, but we knew what he was thinking privately. And he said, "Okay, we'll let you. You know, I'll let you know what's going on."
0: Right. And what's going on was he decided to commit after. Visiting for Rutgers camp Saturday. I don't know when the official conversation took place because... He, I mean, he ba- he'd basically been committed for 72 hours. I don't know when the official, hey, coach, let's shake hands kind of thing happened. He but. told
2: me... I asked him off camera when we were just chatting. I said, when did this go down? And he said, uh, when he left campus. He said Gus Edwards did a really good job with them So it was when he left campus. And... That's the fun started on Monday because that's when I was told, hey, he wants to do it this week, he wants to get it out there, let's just, you know, get it handled. He wanted to make sure that Rutgers knew what was going on with it, so he called Rutgers on Tuesday, I believe, maybe it was Monday night or Tuesday morning and said, Hey, I think I'm gonna call Scout and have them do a video and that's when it started on Tuesday morning, Sam. If you want to explain how it went down after that.
0: Yeah, well, we you know, we get to the school. It's a very quick drive. It's a bit of a labyrinth once you get to actual Tottenville High School where there's...
2: It's a cement fortress. Yeah. You cannot get cell reception in there.
0: Like, it, it's it's probably what it's like to navigate Hogwarts the first time. You're going to fall through that trick staircase and everything. But once you get there, he was... Zahir, I didn't basically... see any basilics. Yeah. Or basilisks. But uh Zaire Lacewell was you know, he was excited to commit, but I've never seen a kid both want to do the video thing, but care less about how the video was actually done. <laughs> it was almost like this was Brian's commitment video, like, hey, why don't we talk about this? Why don't why don't we shoot this? And he's like, Yeah, cool. He had one one thing that mattered. He had to wear his Under Armour ill-speed cutoff t-shirt. Basically, Under Armour at their camps, we covered the camp picks like the top athletes to do some kind of obstacle course thing and he was one of the best guys so he had to wear this Under Armour shirt but other than that he didn't really care about anything and surprisingly he did very well with being a one-take guy. It, It probably took 10 minutes to shoot everything whereas most of these and you and I I would say combined have probably done what more than 50 of these kinds of videos between our old scout spotlights and that, yeah. one, of the, one of the fastest.
2: It, it was great, and I never would have thought it, because here's a quiet kid. You know, I've I've known him now. I met him last February when I was in to talk to Tim Barrow, and Coach Neville said, hey, you, you should probably know about this kid here. And at the time, here was quiet, and, and it was interesting because you'll— you know, I'll see him at events, and he'll come up and say hi and talk, and, and it's fine. He's just not a kid that wants to go out and do a ton of interviews. He he just wants to do his thing, and he wants to—I mean, he loves playing football. I was talking to Coach Nellis. He said, look, if, if I'm telling Zaheer that we need to be somewhere in upstate New York at 4 a.m. to play football, he's like, he's there ready to go. He's that kind of kid. But the other stuff, I, I was a little skeptical about how quick it would go. I had to get home and pick up my kids at the bus stop. And so I, I, was, I was like, all right, here, here's how we're going to, what do you want to do? And he said, whatever you want. And, and so I, I thought up a, f- a few things on how to do it. It was either going to be a slant pattern to the back of the end zone and he catches it and turns. But then as we're walking up to the field, him and one of his teammates are fooling around and he throws a ball. And Zahir just jumps and grabs it one-handed like all kids want to do, like Odell Beckham now did. And so we were... I saw that and we got to the field and I said what do you want to do fade or what he goes I I want to do a fade and then it worked out well to where he did it and literally they ran three patterns he dropped the first one
0: no he caught the first one he caught the first one and then screwed up uh what he was supposed to say yes (laughs) yes
2: and then the second one he dropped and then the third one he did it and I said what do you think he goes yeah that's good and so we we You know, great job by Kevin Wade, who's based out in Oregon for us. I talked to him on the way home. I said, hey, we we need to get this out quick. So here wants this to get out in the public quickly. Um, Kevin Wade turns it around very quickly. Send him the video. He cuts it up and and edits it and and really did a, a great job just in terms of turning something around that started, really started at, I would say about 11.30, I got a call from the Tottenville coach saying, hey, Zahir's at school because they're in finals, so not everybody's going to school at the same time. Zahir's in my office. When can you be here? That was 11.30, and the video was done at 3 o'clock, which I thought was a great turnaround.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the transition here is, what do you think of the pickup? I mean... I'm pretty sure you're the only person that has him as a four-star, so for you, what what sets him at that four-star level where it seems like most analysts generally have him ranked a little lower than you do? We have him in the Scout 300 for a reason.
2: Well, a couple things. Um, everybody always asks me with kids in the East, how do I see him, where does he rank? Well, we'll look at the rankings. I'm, <laughs> the one, I'm the one who does the rankings, so... It's very simple to see what I think and where he's ranked. They'll have an analysis in their profile, and they'll have a ranking.
0: And that's free, by the way. So if you don't subscribe, you could still go to these player profiles. It's not, it's not something we're hiding, holy grail style. Anyone can click on them, and I'm happy to answer the questions when they come. But 90% of the questions. I'm happy, to can pro- be-
2: I'm happy to provide a link to their profile.
0: Go ahead.
2: And. Yeah, but you go. I mean, for those that aren't subscribers that are listening to this on iTunes or whatever gadget, uh, you just go under the commits tab on the site and click on it, and, and you can read the analysis on all of them. And, and so, why is Zahir rated so high? Because he's about six foot two. Right now, he's about one ninety eight, one ninety nine. as coach told me he's long. He runs incredibly well. He's got great burst. He is a high-level athlete, just a really good athlete. And one of the things about being here in the Northeast, it is not oversaturated with recruiting. And I get to see him live. I've seen him live, I think, three times in a game, and then I've seen him live in camp settings uh, already twice this spring, I believe, at least twice. And so. I see what he can do. I'm familiar with his play, with where he projects to. I still love him at linebacker because of his size, but I also understand some other things with it. I I look at his ability to explode over five yards and and close as a linebacker or a safety. He's really impressed me as a receiver. I've seen him play offense in games. I've seen him play offense in these camps. He does a lot of things really well. He He is an elite athlete, and that's why... He is rated so high as a four-star. Now, he needs to get stronger in the upper body. That's a big thing, but that'll happen in college. He's just really a high-level athlete. And you're watching his tapes. I can't remember if it's his sophomore or junior year. He, He comes in and blocks a punt where he... I mean, it's like, bam. It's so quick. He gets into the... You know, to block that punt. You just watch this stuff. It's incredible.
0: And that was the point I'm trying to make with why your ranking may look different is because... It's the same point I make all the time, is that we're there, like in person, watching and evaluating, and it's not, we're not a team that likes to sit on the couch and just watch film and Twitter and pretend that that's how you do the news. I I mean, obviously, I'm a little biased because we work for the same place, but I think that your opinion's more valid because you've actually gone out of your way to see him in person, in-game settings, and not, oh, he didn't, you know, he didn't come to our shortened t-shirt event, so we're not going to look at him as hard, or... Uh, he didn't look good at a 7-on-7 seven seven where who knows how good the quarterback was that he's playing with. You're actually seeing him in pads, and that's what counts to me.
2: Yeah, I think when you look at how, you know, how I do the job, I would say when you look at a recruiting class and you're talking about Virginia up through New England, out through Pittsburgh, you know, Michael Clark does a great job with us down in Virginia. I would say 90% of the kids we see live it, it's you know, there's going to be some kids that you just can't get to. It's just the way it is. there's, there's so many of them. But, but the way the region is set up, where the prospects are, I would say when you're talking about Division One kids, especially Power Five kids, I, I would say between Michael and myself, we'll see
0: 90 percent of them live.: Well, continuing on with this, I guess, Tottenville. Staten Island, New York feel to the podcast. What does the Lace Lacewell's commitment mean for momentum in New York? Rutgers had a ton of momentum before Lacewell's commitment, but now you get to send a message to the guys in the Bronx, to the guys upstate. You get to send a message like, well, if this one of the top players in the state is on board with Rutgers, one, maybe you could be next, and two, spots might start to be, Drying up depending on what position you play.
2: I I think it's early for spots to be drying up. There could be a few that that do dry up. I mean, I I think it it gives Rutgers the ability to talk to a receiver and say, hey, if Zahir's coming here as a receiver, we're going to take two or three. Better get on board quickly. Um, if you're going to talk to linebackers you can or safeties, you can probably say, hey, look, he's coming in as a receiver, but we're going to list him more as an athlete, and he may take one of those spots as a linebacker or a safety. You can, you can do that, but I think what it does is it sends a different kind of message just in New York. We, we've talked about this before, Sam. The further you get from campus, the better the reputation is of Rutgers, especially academically. I, I, I guess the caveat to that is Tottenville is one of the closest schools that produces prospects. Maybe St. Joe's Metuchen right now with some prospects there. But it's across the river. And they don't read or view New Jersey media. They view New York media. So they're not watching Rutgers get dragged through the mud. Sometimes deservedly so. A lot of times...
0: How many slideshows do they click through?
2: Yeah, I don't think Zahir Lacewell or Ahmad Anderson at Curtis is uh, clicking through slideshows. Um, but So it's a different mentality. I mean, Zahir told me when we were talking that he's wanted to go to Rutgers since he was in ninth grade. And having Tim Barrow and Gus Edwards there is great, but it also gives Ahmad Anderson some familiarity with somebody now in the class. Ahmad is also a Staten Island kid at Curtis. He's a safety receiver type also Maryland Wisconsin on him you know that's who Rutgers main competition is right now and you you go over into you know the Bronx with Cardinal Hayes and and what's going on there with Elijah Jones you have a chance to get him Lucas Nunez if you want to get him still Um, just a lot of different kids in the city that it's viewed differently. I mean, they, they love Rutgers. They love the academics. And then if you go upstate, between Stevie Scott and Paul Woods, two other kids that Rutgers is doing well with who, as of now, I would be surprised if either of them were anywhere but Rutgers. Now things change, and, and we'll see. Rutgers throws out a running back offer in California. You know there was a message behind that. Stevie Scott's on campus. It looks like it, his commitment's going to be finalized. Well, you're not going to jump on board. We're going to keep looking for running backs, and so maybe he loses a spot. There was a lot to that with that offer in California, but kids look at it and say, you know what, I can go play in the Big Ten. It's a good academic school. It makes sense, and, and Rutgers has a good reputation
0: in New York. It's funny because you just spent probably two minutes listing kids in New York that Rutgers is doing well with, and you only named, like, half of them. I mean, Sean Ryan is a kid to absolutely watch at wide receiver. Go back upstate and look at Jalen Cooper at wide receiver, and if he is able to make it to camp and show the staff something, maybe Rutgers goes even harder after him. There, There's a lot of talent in New York, and then there's other guys that, who knows, maybe they'll change their mind. Guys like Kadir White at Cardinal Hayes. There's a lot of options where Rutgers has momentum there, and look, I say this all the time. I'll take the kid that wants to be at Rutgers over the kid that's from an area that, you know, fans want you to recruit. Just give me guys that want to be there that are talented, and the rest will take care of itself.
2: There's good players everywhere. I mean, just because, you know, Jalen Cooper is up in New York, you know, hours from campus versus a kid who's 45 minutes from campus— doesn't matter I mean there's good players everywhere and I think one of the things that we've talked about on a previous podcast was are you developing them because you know everybody wants to always talk about whether a kid is a rankings bust or or what have you but some of that goes into development and that's important and I think for the first time in a while last year we saw some development with players and for me you talk about Sean Ryan, Jalen Cooper, Paul Woods. If Lacewell's coming in as a receiver, wait a minute now. That's four receivers. They're, I shouldn't say they're not taking four receivers. My understanding right now is the plan is not to take four. The plan is to take two, three, if that third one's a guy you, want, you really want, as they look to still replenish that position. And so now you have a numbers game. And I know there was some talk about Sean Ryan maybe committing to Nebraska soon. Well, you look at Sean Ryan, and I don't know exactly if he's a take for Nebraska at this point because he hasn't been out there. So there's a lot of things to look at and consider. And this is when things start getting interesting from a recruiting standpoint because you start seeing what schools really want to do and who they want to pinpoint as far as a, a prospect.
0: And player development is a great point in New York. Look at the Rutgers roster and who's been developing. A lot of them are from New York. We've talked about Deontay Roberts a 100 times, and he's passing that feedback to Erasmus Hall. We've talked about both offensive tackles, Kamal Seymour and Tariq Cole. Guess where they're from. And heck, Blasson Austin, originally from Campus Magnet in Queens, we're talking about him as a guy that could be in the NFL draft at this time next year. Look at the New Yorkers that are developing, and I think that's why you're seeing even more interest from those schools with the younger kids. Hey, And
2: you look at this class now, you have Zahir Lacewell and Jared Paul, maybe sitting there at Paramus Catholic, but he's a New York kid. He's right. Christ the King. Yeah, it's a it's a different mentality. And, you know, it's funny. I got a text from a booster the other day after Stevie Scott didn't commit like a lot of people thought he would. and you And, and the comment was... Hey, these guys are going to go try to find somebody. If somebody says they're going to do something, and, and then that player looks somewhere else, it doesn't do what they're going to, you know, what you think they're going to do. They do not hesitate to find somebody else at another part of the country or wherever. They're constantly grinding to find kids. And now you can debate whether they should recruit a running back from California or whatever. I mean, that's not what this is about. This is about them identifying people and players. And it goes back to what I said. They're not trying to settle on kids. They're trying to find kids that they can develop. It's not, well, we're not getting this kid, so we're going to go take this other kid because it's easier to do. They, They grind.
0: And welcome into the Rutgers ScoutCast mailbag. Brian is with us this week for our conversation. We take your questions, Twitter. Facebook, uh, the new Scarlet Report page on Facebook, go ahead and like that and share it. I you're... still
2: don't understand why they can't come to your house and hand deliver a note.
0: Well, they can go to my old house if they want. That's 51 Horizon Drive in Edison, New Jersey. I no longer live there, so go harass but, but, the neighbors.
2: But but if you went there, maybe they can direct you to where you're going next.
0: Maybe, but if you do go there and you want to harass my neighbors, feel free. There's this one guy that always steals the handicap spot, even though he's an extreme sports guy. And then the neighbors upstairs, man, they were loud. So, please, go harass them. Anyway, send me questions in any way except for visiting me in person. That's a little weird. And the on-topic question this week came from Paul, who via Twitter asked, Is Rutgers recruiting to Jerry Kill's scheme... Or is Rutgers finding a scheme that best fits the team? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean. It doesn't have to be one or the other. No, it's yes. Are they recruiting
2: to a scheme? Well, they went and got some fullbacks. So there's your answer right there. What Rutgers is doing is trying to recruit good players because they still don't have nearly enough of them. When you're talking about schemes, that stuff is so overblown. So overblown. Receivers, you still need a bunch of them. Right? You're still gonna need guys with speed, guys with size, guys that can be red zone threats, guys that can catch the ball over the middle, tight ends. Yeah, do you want you still want guys who can block because you still need short yardage situations to where you're gonna go too tight. Uh, you still need tight ends that you want to split out who are athletic, because if you are athletic, you look at Mike Gasicki at Penn State, who when he got there was a receiver who really didn't block well, who's developed into a good blocker. You want good players, and the good players Will fit into whatever scheme you want, but the only point with Jerry Kill is, yeah, they went and they got some, you know, fullback that can run it. And then defensively, you look at what they want to do. They want safeties who are long. They basically want to play with three corners. But that third corner is a safety who can come down and be long and play man man-to-man defense. That's what they want to do defensively. So they're recruiting to that scheme there too. But at the end of the day, you just want. Better players, and they still
0: don't have enough good players. The one position where you could maybe talk about the scheme and and how it affects recruiting is probably quarterback. But in general, Rutgers is still looking at the same kinds of guys now that Rutgers was looking at a year ago.
2: At quarterback, you you, you know we we spent so much time talking about Arthur Sitkowski, who's a drop back kid, more of a pocket kid who can get out and move. Um, you also have guys like Jalen Chapman who or run past guys, maybe run first a little bit. Jonathan Lewis, who can run and pass, but you want good players, because if you're a really good quarterback, they'll meld the system around you, and with Sikowski, maybe you would throw it more if he were ever at Rutgers. He's at Miami, but I'm just using him as an example since everybody knows him. With Jonathan Lewis, yeah, he can run it, but you still have to be able to throw it. You you always bend it a little toward what your personnel is, but... Good players usually can do anything you want them to do. Um, But you look at NC State, who went and got Devin Leary. Devin Leary is more of a pocket guy. And he's not a guy that's going to get out on the run and run more than five or six times a game. Um, But, yeah, it it all works together.
0: I get why everyone's intrigued by Jerry Kill and his history and what he's done. It's still Chris Ash's offense, It's his idea of what this offense is supposed to be, and of course he's going to listen to Jerry Kill's advice, but Chris Ash came in day one, talked about the offense he wants to run, and that's what they're running. And going off topic this week, Brian, question from Jim, who asked, what does Rutgers University have now that you wish you had when you were a student? Now, for you, it's probably going to be the internet.
2: (laughs) That's actually pretty good, because it's pretty accurate. Oh, what do they have? Jeez, there's so much.
0: I can give you mine if you want. Yeah, go ahead with yours. Mine is small, but it's such a smart move by the, I guess, I think you would credit the athletic department for this. When I was a student, there was no way to get from College Avenue to Livingston on the weekends without sitting on a bus for an hour. And as a guy that covered men's and women's basketball for four years and had to get to a lot of noon starts or even earlier... I had to get up at 8 in the morning just to get to the rack on time. And back in my day, you had to go through Highland Park and it would take a legit 40 minutes to get from the college I of gym to the rack. And then you had to wait for a bus to get home for probably 45 minutes. So you're talking about losing a whole day with that stupid bus line. Now they have a direct bus from College Ave to the Rack. You'll be there in five minutes for any basketball game. That's what I want.
2: I look at a couple things. The little area now on College Ave where they have the restaurants and a TV screen and everything. It's pretty cool. Um,
0: If you like traffic.
2: You don't drive through there. You sit there and you hang out. Yeah, you, you don't drive out.
0: through there. There's 10 billion students, uh, so you sit in your car all day. You know,
2: just so you are aware, I lived in Los Angeles for a little while. You have no idea what traffic but There's has. tons
0: of pedestrian traffic in L.A. Yeah,
2: something like that. You just run the students over. <laughs> um, but for me, that um, that there's a Moe's on the Bush campus is awesome. But for me, the probably the one thing... That I look at the Livingston campus is pretty cool now. Yes. Now I was a Rutgers College guy, so I was on College Ave, but I had I had classes over on Livingston. That's a cool little area over there. I, I like that a lot. Um, but it, but at the time, you know, way back when, it it was that's not what college campuses were like. It was. It was you had your classes and that was it and you didn't worry about the the food stuff as much you just went to the student center and ate and hung out there and, and did your work it, you know it, so for me but it, it's stuff like that especially since i'm such a foodie and i love going places to eat and i don't do chains really like moe's moe's is it one i mean i'll do some fast food chains like in and out burger or something but i i guess that's the the coolest aspect of it i wish they had that and one thing that i'm glad that I had that maybe isn't as experienced, you know, maybe maybe this group is not experiencing it, and you can see where this is going. Yeah, I know where this is going. I mean, I I felt like we had a president that cared about the whole (laughs) university.
0: (laughs) I thought you were going to say the grease trucks, but, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) A special thanks to everyone at Tottenville High School for helping make this week happen, that video. They've always been welcoming to us over at Scarlet Report and the Scout Network, and you know what? Rutgers is is involved with some pretty good people out there, so thanks to all of them. Thanks to Tim Barrow for joining the show. As a signed member and soon-to-be official Rutgers football player, I can happily say, go ahead and tweet him all you want. Tell him how great he was. I thought he was excellent. Uh, also, thanks to Brian Doan, Scott National Recruiting Analyst. I say this often, but I say it because it's true. It's not its not every site that gets this kind of consistent access to a national analyst, so it means a lot that Brian will give 30 minutes out of his week to me for this show as much as he can. I, I think he gives great insight, and while he takes a lot of shots and might not be quite the most positive presence in the world i think that people can appreciate his experience and his opinions but also keep in mind that a lot of what we say either myself or brian opinions you can disagree no problem you disagree tweet me that's why we have twitter to yell at the reporters anyway that was this episode of the rutgers scout cast i am your host sam hellman